Happy Friday, friends. We are on the precipice of a holiday weekend, sending you into it the right way with NSN Daily. The celebs will soon be invading Lake Tahoe. We have two players from the NFL helping set the table for the American Century Championship, including one on his way into the Hall of Fame. The first two tees, they make it so hard that the two tees, when you start off, it's a narrow fairway. Plus, Wolfpack great Colin Kaepernick still keeping the door open on a return to pro football. The now 35-year-old's continuing routine and his top five quarterbacks of all time. We don't have enough ice for this community, so we're working really hard on building a second sheet and then possibly a third down the road. After helping groom the next generation of hockey players in Northern Nevada, Reno Ice's Mike Harder is back at his alma mater his journey to being the next head coach at Colgate. And Nevada's teachers, not a fan of these A's, their efforts to stop the new stadium in Las Vegas. All that and plenty more, it is the Friday before the 4th on NSN Daily. Well, hey, y'all, and welcome into our champion Chevrolet studio alongside Shannon Kelly. I'm Mike Stephenson, and yeah, it is Friday on NSN Daily. Friday, if you ask me, Shannon, ahead of a holiday weekend. It's about to get hot, too. Yeah, it is. The 4th of <laughs> July looming, Mike. It appears summer has arrived just in time for the golf tournaments that are headed our way. As we have a lot to get to on our show, including from some American Century Championship there participants. Is, there really is no off season. We no. think the summer is the slow season around here, but it certainly isn't, as you said, plenty to get to. And when July approaches, so do these celebrities. They sure do. The American Century Championship less than two weeks away in South Lake Tahoe at Edgewood Golf Course. The 33rd annual event will once again feature a handful of retired, active, Athletes, professionals, uh, actors, you name it. Everybody is there, right? Lot. The whole the whole slew of everybody. We had the chance to chat with former NFL player DeMarcus Ware, who will be inducted into the Hall of Fame in Canton in August, along with Baker Mayfield, the quarterback, entering his sixth season in the NFL. And this fall will be his first with the Buccaneers. Ware is no stranger to South Lake. He gave us his strategy heading into the weekend, which was pretty great to hear. And then Baker Mayfield, a first-timer. He's never even been to northern Nevada. So here's what they had to say. I, I, tell, I tell you what, um, the first two tees, they make it so hard that the two tees, when you start off, it's a narrow fairway. So everybody's like, you know, just get the driver and hit it. If you hit, you can hit the driver a little bit too far because there's water to the left on one of the holes. And yep. then there's like a tree where you got to hit a fade. If you don't hit that fade, you're going to hit in the sand trap or it's going to bounce into the water. So it's almost like that first hit. You, you take that first hit in football to get you ready for the football game. So you don't have to tee up and go 100. Get comfortable. And then now you're like, all right, cool. I got this. And I'm actually walking now. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. I'm excited about it. I'm nervous, but I'm excited. <laughs> so it, it'll be fun. Uh, this is my first time, so uh, just diving headfirst right into this thing, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to just. I mean, I grew up skiing, going to Colorado and other places, um, and so I, I love the mountains. and In the off season, we live on a lake, so it's kind of a good combination of both. Obviously, um, I've just heard nothing but great things about how beautiful it is, 
and just the atmosphere and like the, the little nuances like demarcus is saying like everybody's got their routines the guys that have done it for multiple years and uh, I, I just think that's a special thing that uh, you know obviously we we live a very uh kind of fast-paced lifestyle so, so to be able to come out here to something like this and slow down and get to enjoy the little things i, I love that baker will find out that you want to just get it on the green and get it as close as you can and then you want to put you're not majority of the time you see guys they do not three put they do not um one put either you're usually going to two put you're just trying to get it close enough but your drive is what's going to get you there you got to use those clubs before you get to the green that's going to help you score those points because majority of the time i see all the guys i don't care who it is turner romo who won it last year they usually two put but off the tee and, and their approach shot, they're already on. And that's what makes a big difference because you can hit the ball really far. It's so funny to me how so seriously most I of these know. guys take it each and every year. DeMarcus Ware was made a living out of hunting quarterbacks, but he's talking, breaking the X's and O's down of golf. And we do have the odds out. He mentioned uh, Tony Romo, who is the favorite at 5-2. to two, Call it 250-1. to one. And then there's the other usual suspects. You got Marty Fish, the 2020 champ. He's in there at 11-4. Three-time champ Mark Mulder, five to one. Annika Sorenstam, the only golf pro in the field, she's eight to one. And the top active athlete, also eight to one, Joe Pavelski, who was part of that three-player uh, three playoff last year, the next closest active player. Stephen Curry at twelve to one, and you got the fan favorite Charles Barkley, seventy-five hundred to one. And they have that bet again at Caesars, the top seventy finish for Chuck, three fifty to one. Yes. Minus 470, no. He has never been top 70, but he was 74th last year and just five points from seventh. So, I don't know. I think Chuck does, I think Chuck pulls it off one of these years. Yeah, one of these years he's going <laughs> to get it. So, if you keep betting every year, you're going to get lucky because he's going to make it one of these years, right? <laughs> 74th came so close. But uh, DeMarcus Ware, no stranger to playing in the tournament. This is now his sixth year in a row playing in the American Century Championship. Uh, so, no stranger. I love all the, the strategy. Yeah, and you were on that Zoom call and had a mm -hmm. chance to ask each of those guys some questions. I guess anything else that maybe we didn't air that struck you from uh, obviously Baker being a first-timer to uh, DeMarcus being sort of a veteran? Anything else that came out of that? I asked DeMarcus just what he loves most about coming up here, and he said there's a little Italian restaurant in South Lake Tahoe, and I'm totally drawing a blank He probably doesn't want you name. to say the name yeah, of it. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> it is. I have actually been there before. It's a all very right. small place, at the one he's talking about, but... Uh, he said he loves that place. Okay. And there's an ice cream place as well that he loves going to. I love that so, it has to do with food. That I, immediately yes. He's like, oh, food. I come oh, for yes. food. food. I recently caught up with Marty Fish over at Media Day there at Edgewood, and he said base camp pizza has to happen mm. every ACC. And I think it happens more than a handful of times for not just Marty, but for all of those guys. So I think that's one of the more popular stops during the ACC weekend. And speaking of Marty Fish, one of his uh, great friends will also be playing in the tournament once again Jake Owen maybe right. they'll be paired up which that is a story that we weren't quite privy on before we met him but yeah they were quite literally childhood best friends and to think those two guys have had successful enough careers to end up at the American Century Championship that's got to be pretty surreal for those two guys we'll have to see if we can get them together on camera when we're up there in a couple weeks or I something know, I can't wait to see the player pairings yes. I mean I would love it if Derek Carr and Devontae Adams got to play now, that'd be together I saw that Devontae was actually 250 to one and Derek is 500 to one so are they saying that Devontae is twice as good of a golfer as Derek Carr I'm not sure about that mm. we'll have to hmm. see maybe they can do a little friendly wager or something oh wow speaking of uh <laughs> golf in 
Las Vegas. The match was held at the win on Thursday. Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes took on Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. The 12 hole scramble finished a few holes early yeah. as Kelsey and Mahomes dominated Steph and Clay. A Super Bowl victory in February and now another victory for the duo on Thursday. In the past, the match has raised more than $35 million for charities, including a big one here, No Kid Hungry. Right, it goes without saying that it's great that they continue to do the match because of reasons like that. And I think, uh, I don't remember the odds going into this, which I'm sure there were some, but Steph Curry, I think, is clearly the best golfer out of that quartet. But it sounds like he and his splash bro just couldn't quite sink enough putts to get it done as Kelsey and Mahomes jumped out to that early lead. They end up winning three to two. So they were up three with two to go. Um, and so, yeah, you know, they were, they're going to have some bragging rights now. I saw there was a little early trash talk before the match on Twitter. And sure enough, yeah, that didn't help. Uh, that didn't help Clay right there. As, no. um, there was also a great moment when the gallery, the fans that were there sort of assembled themselves like a professional, like a PGA event gallery would. <laughs> yeah. And Mahomes is like, y'all got to get out of the way. You can't stand that close to us. We're not the pros. You and can't do this to me. Look at him running away. <laughs> sure enough, you did see uh, one of Thompson's tee shots peg somebody, I think, in the head. So um, that's the risk you take when you're watching basketball and football players play golf. And it hap it's happened at the ACC as well, too. It has. It surely <laughs> has, Mike. But uh, really cool to see them. A nice little warm-up yeah. for the three of them down Dr there. Draymond Green hanging out. He doesn't even have a team right now, so we'll see. The best moment at the match, though, actually happened before they teed off with the great Charles Barkley doing the honors. I want to be the first. I'm the only person up here knows this. I want to be the first person. It's an honor and a privilege to congratulate Ernie Johnson going into the Sports Broadcasting Hall of Fame. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Chuckster, what are you talking about? Uh, I, they, they told me, and I said, they said, would you do this? I said, it'd be an honor. It's an honor and a privilege to tell you, Ernie Johnson, congratulations, brother. Yeah. Man, well, that, is, that is awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, and You know what? I'm taking the rest of the day off. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. And whoever, whoever is responsible for that, whoever uh, votes on that, I am humbled beyond words. So thank you so much. means the world to me. I'm... Been at this, been at this for, uh, been at this for 34 years uh, at the same place. Been over 40 years in broadcasting, and uh, I'm stunned. So thank you so much. I appreciate that very much. Um, and thank you guys. Hey, underdog, what a cool day, huh? Thanks, man. Uh, That's so cool. It's so good. And That's Ernie so Johnson, great. what a what a gem. Obviously, I mean, you talk mm -hmm. about talents and sports broadcasters of the last 40 years or so he's on the Mount Rushmore because he has just been so consistent and he's so humble and he's so genuine and he provides great coverage it's pretty nice just being able to sit between Shaq and Charles and Kenny and just let them do their things but he is yeah. a heck of a talent in his own right Atlanta based uh, was you know grinding in local news kind of like us early part of his career and then ends up getting the gig at Turner and just transforms their NBA coverage bleeding into their baseball and their golf coverage and so so cool to see a guy like Charles get to uh, reveal that news to him that is really cool I mean what are the odds that they were together in Vegas there doing right. the match and it all just kind of worked out perfectly mm -hmm. so Chuck could give him the news on air and he said I'm gonna take my my mic off yeah as, as you deserve he, he, he should deserve the rest of the day off <laughs> after that right and then some yeah Charles suddenly a newsbreaker 
But what a great moment as uh, I would say that was the best thing that came out of the match for sure. Ernie Johnson going to the Sports Broadcasting Hall of Fame. As a sports broadcaster, I'm happy that I can say that and report that. That's pretty cool to do. It is really cool. Really <laughs> cool news. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, the latest from Colin Kaepernick as he remains hopeful on an NFL comeback. Welcome back to NSN Daily on a Friday. She's Shannon. I'm Mike. Colin Kaepernick back in the news, the Wolfpack legend, talking with Sports Illustrated and saying he still works out five to six days a week in hopes of another mm -hmm. shot in the NFL. Hmm, the now 35-year-old hasn't played since 2016, the year he began sitting and eventually kneeling during the national anthem. Cap in part saying, quote, I know I can step on the field and play. Every workout, every opportunity I've had to show that, the feedback has always been positive. Everything from you're still an elite player. The workout was great. It was better than expected. I had my workout with the Raiders last year, and there were a decent amount of people who may have forgot what I was capable of doing out on the field. So any chance to remind people of what I can do out there, I look forward to and embrace. And I look forward to the day I can step on the field and show people what I can do. So frankly, it kind of seems like we get this storyline each year at this point in each offseason about how Cap is still doing his thing with hopes of getting a chance. Hard to think that chance is going to come, Shannon. I think if it was going to, it would have already. I think so as well, Mike. And it's uh, a tough break for Kaepernick, the way things have spiraled right. these last several years where, you know, last year was his first true workout with the Las Vegas Raiders. They had others on their roster at the time. And you know, things just didn't necessarily work out. But as the years go on, he hasn't played, uh, you know, in, in a couple years. It's been a while. Yes, what he did at Nevada was remarkable. He's the only college football player still to throw for 10,000 yards and rush for 4,000 yards. But now at this point, uh, you know, maybe a team does give him a shot, though. It's tough to say as training camps will obviously start here in the next couple of weeks. Um, but... You know, he didn't draw a single workout uh, from 2016 on until last, last year. And so, yeah, we're talking seven, what, going on seven years now. And you would imagine that some of these other leagues, like the XFL, USFL, maybe somewhere overseas, they'd probably love to have him play. But I think for Cap, it's, it's NFL or bust. And he probably still feels like he wants to prove a lot of people wrong and prove that he, I mean, he even was quoted later on in that Sports Illustrated article actually naming Jarrett Stidham mm -hmm. and Nick Mullins mm -hmm. and basically saying, look at what they've done in the NFL, look at what I've done. Right. How did I not get an opportunity ahead of those guys? Uh -huh. But I think we've, uh, it's been well documented now that I think the motivations behind it are much more than just football related. And he, as he continues to get older, uh, I think the chances of him getting back on an NFL field just continue to dwindle. Right. He's obviously had a lot of success uh, business-wise and he still has the deal with Nike and so... Um, things aren't going terrible for Kaepernick, but as someone who did go to school with him um, and just the way he captivated our campus and everything, and it was interesting because he was such a quiet guy, at least when I was kind of around him um, at Nevada, and then for him to just put himself out there and, and put himself on such a stage um, in terms of just civil rights and all of that stuff, I still was completely like just so surprised to see him do that. With that said, it's, it's kind of admirable for him to sacrifice so much right. uh, for what he believes in. Um, but at the end of the day, I think a lot of people believe that he doesn't deserve another chance, and I don't know if we'll see it. So, It will Such be interesting life. as time does go.
go on, and if he says he is working out five to six days a week consistently. He appears to be very serious about it. Yeah, so. I, he would appear that way, and there's got to be a team out there that would want to just take him as a backup for yeah. his talents and what he was able to do on the football field. But can teams put aside everything else that, you know, that he stood for and what he believed in and what he wanted to stand up for and right. what he felt was right? But um, – tough. Frankly, yeah, the angle is if you're bringing in a backup, you don't want a backup that everyone's going to want to talk to and it's going to be surrounded by reporters. And that's going to be the situation if Cap is brought into any locker room. So you can kind of see that perspective from that side. Whether it's fair or not is obviously a long-winded debate. I, for one, would have loved to have seen him get another shot. I mean, it was so incredible to see him come in for the injured Alex Smith, end up leading San Francisco to a freaking Super Bowl and the performance mm -hmm. he had at Lambeau Field. I mean, it was all just shocking to me uh, just the way he was able to come burst onto the scene and burst off of it just about as quick right let's keep it moving now though because cap was also asked to list his top five quarterbacks all time so what do you think about this list at number one tom brady seven super bowl rings probably no surprise there number two randall cunningham a unlv grad uh, the wolfpack great Maybe fraying some feathers there, but he was pretty tremendous for the Eagles and the Vikings. Then you see Warren Moon at three, Patrick Mahomes four, Aaron Rodgers five. So notably, Kaepernick did grow up, I believe, a Packers fan. So you got Rodgers in there, but he's also a California kid. So Tom Brady technically is a California guy too, but no 49ers on there. Like yeah. no Joe Montana, maybe Steve Young. I know. So, um, you know, overall it's a pretty good list though. I was a little surprised not to see any uh, 49ers on there, but yeah, good list. A nice little balance of newer versus mm -hmm. the older crop. Well, and like you look at the way he played too, and then you look at a guy like Mahomes or a guy like Randall Cunningham, who I'd say what if Randall Cunningham was playing nowadays, he'd be up on that Mahomes mm -hmm. tier, I feel like. And he was an early reason of why I became a Vikings fan. So shout out to Randall Cunningham, even if he went to UNLV. <laughs> All right, coming up next on NSN Daily, he made an enormous impact on the local hockey scene. And now he's heading back east to lead his alma mater. Shannon chats with Reno Ice's Mike Harder, now the new head coach at Colgate University. That's coming up next. Welcome back to NSN Daily. Former Reno Ice Hockey Director Mike Harder helped build the hockey program from scratch. Now he's headed back east to his alma mater, but in the process, won't forget how special the Northern Nevada community truly is. After moving out west nearly four years ago, Mike Harder quickly recognized hockey's potential in Northern Nevada. Driving around Reno when I first arrived, I noticed a lot of license plates. You know, Vegas Knights license plates. I'm like, wow, there, there's some hockey sensibility here. Not long after, Reno Ice opened their doors as the first full-sized ice rink in northern Nevada in more than a decade, with Harder spearheading the hockey program. The response since has been overwhelming. It's been crazy. It's so much so we don't have enough ice for this community. So we're working really hard on building a second sheet and then possibly a third down the road. It's just great. After a storied career at Colgate University, Harder played professionally for more than 10 years between North America and Europe. In 2013, Harder returned to Colgate as an assistant coach for six seasons before his move to Reno. We are so thrilled to have Mike back on campus as the next head coach of our program. And now he's heading back to his alma mater. It's been a job I've always wanted since I, since I retired from the game. Sometimes you have to leave to come back. Uh, so that's what I did. I came here and 
was lucky enough to help build this great situation we have here today. Carter holds the school record as Colgate's all-time leading scorer and takes over the reins for his former head coach, Donald Vaughn, who carries the most wins behind the bench in program history. I was part of his first recruiting class back in the, the mid-90s. I don't want to date myself, but uh, he's been great. It's been a 30-year run for him, and I'm really excited to just carry his legacy forward. And he inherits a Raiders program that won their first league championship since 1990 and earned their first NCAA tournament berth since 2014. It's not often a head coach gets to walk into a situation where the team has won. Usually you're coming in to pick up the pieces, but the cupboard's certainly not bare there. We've won, so yeah, no pressure. And while he's moving more than 2,500 miles away from Reno, Harder says he'll never truly leave the biggest little city. Here we go, here we go. We went from nothing and we built such a great community here. It's home for all of us. The hardest thing will be leaving this place that's meant so much for so many people, and it will continue to. And it's just going to keep going. This, this legacy is going to keep going for a long, long time. At Reno Ice, Shannon Kelly, Nevada Sportsnet. That's good stuff there, Shannon. And uh, obviously, what an opportunity for coach harder to go back back east but as he said there's a legacy at reno ice now that he got to be a huge part of really cool to see reno ice open january 2021 almost two and a half years ago to to think that he helped really spearhead the hockey program you know build this thing from the ground up there's now more than 500 kids that are enrolled in the hockey club itself that's not even including the learn to skate program there's just so many different avenues for kids now at Reno Ice and adults too. He said the adults are playing at 1030, 1130 at night because Dang. there's just not enough ice. One sheet of ice isn't enough for Northern Nevada. Who would have thought? It sounds like the lights are never turned off at Reno Ice because there's always somebody in there skating around it would appear. And yeah, I know uh, before Reno Ice was built, I had done some coverage as the building was going up and it sounded like a ton of the athletes that played hockey, they'd have to go to Lake Tahoe, which is super inconvenient for when you're talking about a market like ours. And so Reno Ice, what a great inclusion to the community and to have Mike Harder be around for that opening, I think only was further illustrated in your piece how significant he was to be a part of that. And now I think Colgate's pretty lucky to have him. You can just feel his enthusiasm. Yeah, and he, he said, you know, when I was interviewing him, he's like, you're going to make me cry. I love this place uh. so much, and I'm <laughs> going to miss it so much. And just the people, even walking around Reno Ice when I was there that day, and they said, Mike's great. We're going to miss him so much because of everything he did for this community to really help bring this uh, place to life over there and uh, it's exciting to see now he'll follow his dreams at Colgate a job he said he's always wanted which is really cool that uh, he had such a legacy career there at Colgate and now he'll be back at his alma mater helping lead the way yeah I don't think we, and we had crossed paths with Mike before at Reno Ice and I don't think we knew just how great he was at Colgate and how what a career he had until we realized oh man they just hired him as the head coach. And so um, shout out to you for connecting with him before he left. And um, like you said, it's hard not to be happy for the guy getting a gig that he wanted and replacing his coach, who it sounds like was a legend himself over there at Colgate. What a story for Mike. Yeah, the most wins in program history. His former head coach now as he has that to live up to. He's yeah. Colgate's all-time leading scorer. He's played professionally for more than a decade. So he has a lot of experience, not just at the college level, but playing professionally as well over uh, in Europe. So 
certainly all of that knowledge and he even said everything that he learned here at Reno Ice, the fundraising side of things, building a culture, building that from scratch, how you build a culture and maintain it. And he hopes that he can bring all of that now to Colgate uh, as he's their new head hockey coach. I think it's safe to say he will and I would imagine that Reno Ice still will have an asset in him now all the way back east and they can work together from across the country. So shout out to Mike for what he did here and uh, best of luck there at Colgate. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, we'll talk about a few former local athletes doing big things at the next level, including Reno High swimmer Luke Hopson. Welcome back to NSN Daily. Northern Nevada has proven to produce some world-class talent in the pool and frankly on the diving board as well, including Luke Hobson, the Reno High alum currently swimming for the University of Texas and the red, white, and blue. Hobson winning the 200 freestyle at this week's United States National Championships in Indiana. The multiple NCAA title holder will now head to the World Championships set for next month in Japan here is Luke following that 200 free victory. Luke, wow, what a race. Just take us through that last 50. Um, I knew that they would be out fast, and this morning I had a really good back half and just tried to replicate from this morning and happy that worked out and could get the win and stoked to punch my ticket. Just describe the emotions of having Japan in your sights. Uh, it's super exciting. Um, you know, I knew it could happen, and I'm just, just super glad it, it did. You've had so much success with the NCAAs. How have you been able to translate that short course success into long course success? Um, really just staying on it, keeping working hard in practice, and hit the taper here, and super happy to see that. Congratulations. Thank you. Shout out to the Reno High Kid. I don't know what's more impressive, his 200 free win or doing an interview right after when he's out of breath. Like, can, I know. We, give, can we give the guy a minute? Give the guy a minute. <laughs> give him a glass of water. Holy moly. My goodness. Uh, but, he handled uh, it pretty well, though. And obviously, um, he's not the first one to have a lot of success in the pool coming out of this region. But, man, we're going to be saying his name a lot, I think. I think so, too, Mike. This is a four-time national champion, eight-time All-American, just wow. wrapped up his sophomore year at Texas. He's competed in the U.S. Olympic swimming trials before. As well, I think Paris is knocking on the door. If not Paris, definitely L.A. in 2028. No doubt about that. I mean, he's the highest ranked recruit in northern Nevada swimming history. Wow. So to think everything he's been able to accomplish. I remember talking with his head club swimming coach, Sharon Weiss, uh, before he left for Texas when I sat down with Luke, she said he is one of the best to come out of the state of Nevada. She's been coaching here for more than 30 years, and it was obvious at a young age she knew he was going to be good. And we know in Las Vegas they have some really good uh, traveling swimming programs, and they, they pop out a lot of recruits mm -hmm. down in uh, southern Nevada. And so for that statement to be made, one of the best to ever come out of the state about a northern Nevada kid, you know that says a whole lot. And, boy, you said it, eight-time All-American, four-time national champion. And that was just his underclassmen years. Right. He's still got two more years if he wants at Texas. I mean, he could, uh, he could have a neck full of medals uh, <laughs> by the time this is all said and done. And we've seen recent success in the Olympics from some Nevada kids. I'm thinking of Bo Becker, who uh, 
technically, I think, trained a lot in Vegas, but ended up moving mm -hmm. up north. And so he ended up getting a gold medal with uh, the, oh, man, it's, it's slipping me now, four by 100 relay, relay. Team. yeah. That and, one uh, of course, Krista Palmer out of Douglas mm -hmm. High School, bronze in diving, and she's looking to go back. And they're not the only ones. And so uh, Luke in that next line to have worldwide success, not just national right. success. Yeah, Krista Palmer, she'll also be at the World Championships. Right. Bailey Hadra, a Nevada Current diver, Nevada she'll diver. also be at the World Championships, so there will be a lot of athletes to keep an eye out for in the World Championships, which start uh, middle of next month over in Japan. But just really exciting to see these kids from uh, right here is where they train. I know. I'm just in thinking. northern Nevada, uh, if, and they're about to go across the globe to do something that not a lot of athletes get to do. Which had me thinking, and unfortunately July is so dang busy around these parts with both the American Century Championship and the Barracuda in Tahoe and Truckee respectively, but I was like, oh man, maybe we get a little credential for the World Championships <laughs> and get Nevada Sportsnet on the scene to cover our athletes. Yeah. There'd be more than enough to cover. I it, know, there like. really would be, and I know we can make the trip to Japan together, Mike, right? <laughs> Probably not going to happen, would be really cool, but maybe if they keep this path going, maybe we go to Paris. Why not, right? That'd be pretty sweet. That would be pretty we'll sweet. We'll try to send someone at least. It'd be awesome uh, <laughs> to, you know, just see what they're able to do here in, in this next few weeks and exactly. continue uh, dominating you know, we're their all swimming careers. Them on. We are all rooting them on. That's someone sure. else who has been dominating in the minor leagues, McQueen High graduate Robbie Snelling. He got the news. Every minor league baseball player wants to hear that he is moving on up from the Lake Elsinore Storm, the Padres' low A team, to Fort Wayne, the organization's high A affiliate. Former Lancer will make his first start with the Tin Caps on Saturday evening. Now, after 11 starts with Lake Elsinore this year, Snelling struck out 59 batters in 51 and two-thirds innings with a 1.57 ERA. He's the fourth-ranked left-handed pitcher in the minors and has allowed just one run or less in nine of those 11 starts. Cannot overstate that fourth-ranked left-handed pitcher in all of minor league baseball. You're talking about, what, 30 teams that each have, what, four minor league teams mm -hmm. under them? And so you're talking thousands of players. And this teenager out of McQueen High School, Robbie Snelling, number four in all of minor league baseball. That We were wondering when he might get this call up, and it kind of makes sense, I guess, around the halfway point as uh, Lake Elsinore. He wasn't the only one that was moving on to Fort Wayne from low A. But um, that ascension, I would imagine, only continues, and it won't be long before the Padres AAA affiliate, which plays against the Aces in the Pacific Coast mm -hmm. League, comes through town, and Robbie's maybe throwing for them as well. Wouldn't that be tremendous to see him inside Greater Nevada Field? Wouldn't shock me also if he maybe goes from <laughs> AA to the big leagues, though, the way he's right. pitching. So we'll have to see. I know, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if he gets to AA this year by the wow. end of the season. that'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, at this pace, uh, it's only the end of June. So to see what he'd be able to do uh, in these next few months uh, wouldn't surprise me yeah, I'd by be, any stretch. I'd be curious to know, and we did, uh, Nikki Pika did catch up with Robbie at spring training to get a little perspective on what his pro career had been like thus far. Things have changed a lot since then in mm -hmm. terms of the success he's had uh, with the affiliated squad, but I'd be curious to know the Padres' kind of game plan for him and how structured out that is or if they're just kind of waiting to see how successful he is and maybe maybe you do dangle him to double a toward the end of the season just to see how he hangs granted all those players in double a are going to be a good five to six years older than him so i'm really curious to see as he gets ready to start tomorrow for fort wayne uh, how that adjustment goes in his first start because he was virtually unhittable mm -hmm. with lake elsinore and this right. is a california league that are, is known to produce a lot of offense and he was able to shut down virtually all of those offenses so i'm still waiting for the 
the start where he gets roughed up a little bit and we say, oh, Robbie came back down to earth, but that really hasn't happened yet. It has not. It has not. You're right there. So the Tin Caps will take on Lake County, uh, 7 o'clock Eastern time, so 4 o'clock here on the West Coast. Moving from California to Indiana, probably an adjustment, but you know what? All he's got to worry about is throwing strikes and getting mm -hmm. batters out, and that's the name of the game in professional baseball. Speaking of, this is really special. The Arizona Diamondbacks are reportedly calling up Dominic Fletcher from the Reno Aces for this weekend's series against the Angels, a Los Angeles team featuring his brother, David Fletcher. Dominic making his big league debut this April. Those two have never played against each other in the big leagues, and to make matters more emotional, they just lost their father under a month ago. Oh, and they're also both from Orange County, where they'll be playing against the hometown Halos. Shannon, who says baseball isn't poetic? Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and they also That's... say there's no crying in baseball, but I think the Fletchers have a right to shed some tears this absolutely. weekend. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's tragic to think they just lost their father last month and now they're able to do something I'm sure their father dreamed that he could have seen uh, them do that they could play against each other wow that's a story well put yeah and they're a few years apart Dominic and David David also had some AAA time this year and so you they're both in very similar situations in terms of trying to stick around in the big leagues but it goes without saying just how special that mm -hmm. series is going to be in Los Angeles in Orange County where they're from and I'm sure still mourning the loss of their father, but that'll be a great chance to celebrate him and mm -hmm. the kids uh, and the boys there in the big leagues as the Diamondbacks take on the Angels. Interleague play, so those two teams rarely play, and right? so we get it for That's this very holiday true. weekend. Very true. Keep your eye out for that one. I'm Lots excited. of great baseball this weekend. We'll have to report how they did coming up next week on NSN Daily. In the meantime, next on the show today on this Friday, we're going to stick around in the big leagues. We have the latest on the A's heading to Las Vegas. Nevada's teachers not so thrilled about all that public money going the team's way. We're going to explain what they're doing next. Back here on NSN Daily on this Friday, the Nevada State Education Association has filed to register a political action committee or PAC to oppose the bill that will put public funding towards a new stadium in Las Vegas for the A's. This comes after Governor Joe Lombardo and state lawmakers approved the package during a special session earlier this month that will allow up to $380 million in public funding for the new $1.5 billion stadium located on the Strip. The Nevada State Education Association filed with the Secretary of State's office on Wednesday to create the PAC and they will pursue every path to stop the public funding from going towards the stadium. Teachers? Not happy, Mike. That's for sure. It's uh, interesting timing as, of course, that has been passed through the Nevada legislature. Uh, maybe this wasn't able to be formed before that, before they had complete details, I guess, on how much money was uh, going to be coming from the public. They're calling it schools over stadiums. And the uh, president, Don Echeverry, was quoted saying Nevada's priorities are misguided and public funds should not go to a California billionaire for a stadium. For years, Nevada educators have been issuing an SOS over the dire conditions in our schools, the goal of schools over stadiums is to right this ship and keep the focus on Nevada's true priorities, our kids, our parents, and our educators. Obviously, admirable, and as the husband of an educator, I certainly vibe with this, and that was a sentiment that was shared nationwide when the news came out that the A's 
uh, stadium bill had been approved, you saw national reporters reporting how Nevada was last in education, even mm -hmm. though they don't live out here. They all are aware of that. And that was one of the big reactions to this was like, wow, they're going to put 400 million almost toward this next public funded stadium when really they're struggling in a lot of areas, most namely education. So obviously admirable for these teachers to get together. I'm a little worried that it probably is going to get nowhere, but we'll have to see, I guess. Yeah, you know, it's interesting how it all kind of shook out that maybe if the teachers could have jumped in a little bit sooner, potentially what could have happened. Obviously, there's a lot of layers to this. Uh, they didn't know at the time how much funding was going to be asked for. Uh, but still, nonetheless, I think there needs to be more towards education one way or, or another. And the fact that the session did just, you know, happen, um, where, where are things at moving forward exactly. for, for teachers now? Well, it was clear Governor Lombardo really wanted to push this thing through mm -hmm. and, uh, and bring the A's to Vegas, which is a process that probably got started before he became governor. And, definitely. Um, and so with that said, it was definitely a priority for him. And, you know, adding another major league major sports franchise to Las Vegas is not a bad idea. It's just the way you do it. And I think there's still a lot of questions about that Tropicana site. Right. And can you put a stadium on nine acres, which mm -hmm. is no major the league smallest. baseball stadium in the league, right, has a, a stadium on nine acres. And so, so much still to be figured out before this comes to fruition. But uh, once again, as you said, the right. Silver State teachers wanting to have their voices heard, and they absolutely should be, of course. And if, you know, education was maybe a little bit higher on the list, I don't think this would have been such a, a glaring necessity as the A's are coming to Las Vegas. Well, I can speak uh, from the context of my wife in that they're, they have asked in recent years retired teachers to say, hey, do you mind coming back for a year? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that's happening even more so mm -hmm. in Clark County. So that, to me, is as glaring as it needs to be in terms of the uh, situation in the Silver State. But hey, we love our baseball too, do we not? Yeah, we do. Something uh, like that. Yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> something like that. Uh, uh, I love baseball, but man, it's coming all to this. It's just the way there to get be, it there. Yeah. Is just been a, like you, I almost would have liked for them to just wait for an expansion team. And I know. maybe get to have a team that's their own because we've seen the way they've uh, welcomed the Golden Knights, which is right. Vegas's team. Raiders are more so you know, a brand that they brought to Still Vegas. Still Oakland's team. Right, exactly. So anyways, sticking with baseball, the all-star starters have been announced. And on the National League side, as we get ready for the all-star game, Tuesday, July 11th in Seattle, on the National League side, three Dodgers and three Braves making up six of the NL starters. But one of those others, Corbin Carroll, the former Reno ace and the very likely rookie of the year, taking the league by storm, and now he'll get to play his first All-Star game in his hometown of Seattle. Pretty unreal there, Shannon. That is really cool. <laughs> When's mean, the last time saying, that's happened? I'm not actually sure, to I be know. completely honest with I you. I would think it's been a long time. We'll have to go, Especially go into as the archives for that one. Right. This that's is a guy really that cool. could potentially be the Rookie of the Year and the MVP at the same time, which would be pretty dang crazy. On the American League side, it's AL West heavy with four Texas Rangers leading the way. Also a pair of Angels, superstars Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, no surprise. Mm -mm. Aaron Judge named a starter despite being injured almost all of June. I know some folks taking issue with the fan vote, but such is life in Major League Baseball as we get ready for the Midsummer Classic. I like the fan vote, though. Yeah. I do. Well, I mean, the, the amount of numbers of votes, it shows that the fans like it, too. So right. it's not, something that's not going to go away. Yeah. It'll <laughs> be cool, though, an all-star game in Seattle. Love to see it. Coming Love off the Mariners that. making the playoffs. I know. I know. All right, we are on the eve 
of what's always celebrated ahead of the 4th of July. It is the 1st of July, otherwise known as Bobby Bonilla Day. In 2000, the six-time All-Star and his agent negotiating a deferred contract buyout, a deal that has paid Bonilla $1.2 million every July 1st from 2011 and will until 2035 when he's 72 years old. There's brilliant and then there's genius, Shannon. Credit to his agent, Dennis Gilbert, Ooh. who turned $5.9 million into $30 million thanks to 8% interest. Wow. It's a Maybe. deal that'll go down in infamy. Maybe interest is a good thing in this case, right, Mike? Absolutely. Typically, it's never it? a good thing, but woo. It's not if you're the New York Mets. True. But it is if you're Bobby Bonilla. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next here, we're wrapping a bow on the work week and getting you ready for what's to come early next week on MSN. Join NSN for this season's Nevada Wolfpack Year in Review Show. From memorable games to stellar individual performances, NSN has it covered. Watch July 3rd and 4th at 4 p.m. on Nevada Sportsnet. You heard it. Our Wolfpack Year Interview Show coming your way next week, airing Monday and Tuesday at 4, also 6 and 10 on Nevada Sportsnet. Chris Murray and yours truly going through each sport, reflecting on the year that was, and handing out some superlative awards. That and a whole lot more in our Wolfpack Year Interview Show, again airing next Monday and Tuesday. No team championships to brag about this mm -hmm. year. Plenty of individual highlights and great moments, though, for the last year. There sure was. There is still a lot to be proud of. The women's golf team had a remarkable season. Yep. The Nevada softball team really turned things around this year. I, I'm sure I'm also missing some. You know, those men's basketball was pretty memorable. Off the top of my head, yes, Except it was. The end there, but that's all right. We'll yeah. talk about all of that stuff on the year. Still though, show. made it. Yeah, I know. There's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot. But those are the two that just popped into my head. Uh, at quick glance, but uh, speaking of uh, college sports, some significant Mountain West news just coming in as we finish up our taping here that uh, Pete Thamel from ESPN source San Diego State is expected to deliver a notice to the Mountain West today that it will not withdraw from oh. the league as the school previously stated it intended to do so. San Diego State plans to move forward as part of the Mountain West now. This would be for the 2024 year because right. today was the deadline for San Diego State to make a decision to withdraw by next year and only pay uh, the fee like of about 16 million, 16.5. So. But if they still want to withdraw, that fee jumps up to 34 million. Okay, so I think they're not going to withdraw, at least for this so next we year. We would think you at this point. Probably plan on having the Aztecs as a part of the Mountain West for at least one more athletic season. Obviously, Chris. Chris Murray has done extensive reporting on this, and I think the idea was that if the Pac-12 came knocking, San Diego State would want to make that move. Pac-12 at this point is still working on its media rights deal, uh, which at that point, you can't really welcome new members until you kind of have the TV revenue and all that stuff figured out. And so obviously San Diego State wants a piece of that, but it might have to wait for at least another year or more now, as I think mm -hmm. it's clear new Mountain West Commissioner Gloria Navarez was playing hardball with San Diego State because she knows how obviously significant the Aztecs are to right. the Mountain West, having just made the national championship game in basketball and always having a strong football team and other sports. And so um, it's a win for the Mountain West, but we'll see how long SDSU waits uh, before trying to do this again, I guess. We'll see. Could they just be in for another two years now, this upcoming year, and then next year uh, through 2024? Uh, we'll see what the following year has to bring in 2025. Right? It was interesting <laughs> to get that news as we taped because I guess today is that deadline. And it sure is. enough, 
it came down, according to Pete Thamel, that San Diego State will remain, which, you know, it's good news for the conference. Mm -hmm. Nevada wants to slide itself into that conference superpower, but um, it'll have to wait a little bit, I, put, I suppose. Yeah, it looks like it. We'll All see. right. She's Shannon Kelly. I'm Mike Stephenson. We're not back on daily till next Wednesday, y'all. Have a happy and safe 4th of July weekend.